4: in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality.
3: Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. I'm here with Ken and uh, Matt. How are you, Matt?
5: I'm good. I've forgotten how to do this. It's been so long.
3: I know it's been it's been two months or, or 84 years, as the old woman in Titanic says. Mm-hmm. But they you're locked back?
5: me they locked me in the back of the conglomerate for the last two months. But I'm out, and I have one day to do this. And what you're, sm- you're smelling a little bit of caramel though. Yeah, well, and pumpkin <laughs> yeah. spice. They just they occasionally waft it towards you, and it just seeps in after. As a, while.
3: a as a former conglomerate worker, Matt, is it caramel or caramel?
5: Uh, it's a caramel latte with extra caramel. It's actually both. People oh no, them. okay. That's the this
3: problem. Is, this is horrible. We had to solve yeah. that problem just for the for the listeners. Yeah. Um, but uh, and, and have you created any new spices uh, while you
5: were in there? Uh, I learned about ice spice, but that's it, unfortunately. Okay,
3: so. I think I think that might be with a different conglomerate uh, with that deal. <laughs> is so. ice that spice is the rejected spice girl or?
5: Uh, I think it's uh, Ben Affleck's friend. Right? Is that how the Ben Affleck? Oh, yeah, oh. good
3: friend. Yeah, that's right.
5: Good friend, ice spice
3: uh jeff isn't here unfortunately he he went on a fishing trip um and uh unfortunately he's not going to find any compliments in the bottom of the lake but uh hopefully he'll he'll be okay <laughs> um and uh, ken you're doing okay i'm fine awesome well <laughs> hey, you're fine uh it's well no we, fine. we're we're really excited actually what do you actually? want from me <laughs> what well what, what's that song what do you want from me oh adam uh adam lambert i don't know why i thought of that just now from american idol anyway um we're we're super excited because we have uh, some great guests today and and one of them we'll introduce right away because we have exciting news uh, if you haven't been checking out our Ba-ba-ba-ba. social channels um but um uh oakland five supporter on patreon uh, friend of the show dj musician um radio podcaster personality. radio personality personality as i keep saying it I'm show gonna, booker a queen of chicago as i'm going to will it into existence jill hopkins how are you jill
0: Hello, don't give me that job. I've told you before, that sounds exhausting. It's way too much work. <laughs>
3: it is a lot, but if it could be like the Queen of England and hopefully we can get you like a Range Rover that you can just drive around
2: in all day, that'd be kind of nice.
0: It's corgis and handbags, corgis and handbags.
2: Can your next decree be that they fix all the potholes? Would that be?
0: Listen, I that would be rule number one. 1. 1.5 would be... Uh, that they decorate them nicely with mosaics, like mm. that one guy does. Yeah. It's and then it's probably, just...
5: probably more feasible just to put a decorative outline around them instead, <laughs> because as soon as you fill them, there'll be a new one replacing it <laughs> right away.
3: <laughs> uh, Jill, uh, you've been on the show before, and we always love having you. Uh, do you want to remind everyone at home uh, what you're up to in Chicago?
0: sure uh i am the uh, civic events director at metro and g-man and smart bar this great family of venues in uh, wrigleyville in chicago we're just down uh we're in between a cemetery and wrigley field so use that metaphor for what you will as a sports fan (laughs) um but uh we've got some really great stuff going on at the clubs these days including some great shows with you guys and i mean you guys like Everything that y'all are doing, we're we're doing it, G man. Super stoked about it.
3: We're we're super excited about it. So if you if you've seen our socials, you'll know that we're going to be doing a big triviality live event on November twelfth, which is a Sunday. It's going to be a live taping of our three hundred fiftieth episode, which is pretty crazy that we've reached that uh, that mark. But um, it's going to be uh, from six to nine, and doors will open at five. And there's going to be um, some mini games, uh, a live taping of the episode. Obviously, you can play uh, by yourself uh, in a team up to four. We're going to be using the TrivNow app. So if you happen to be at SporkleCon, uh, you know the guys did a, a Trivnow version of the game. Same thing that's going to happen here at the live event. Uh, we'll have some prizes. Uh, Jill will be DJing a little bit. Uh, and it's basically just going to be a, a raucous good time. Uh, anything else you can add to that, Jill, to uh, help sell anyone who's either local or maybe wants to drive in or fly in for the event?
0: You know we're going to have some drink specials. Uh if you've never met the guys, this is your chance. They're real. You can <laughs> see them with your actual eyeballs. Uh take in their essences.
2: us, please.
0: Yeah. Find oh. our horcruxes. Yeah, objectify them in a respectful way. <laughs> it's it's just going to be a really nice. It's just going to be a nice evening and it's it's, you know, I'm still just in awe that my job is to get people back together to do social things like it's we're still coming out of our hidey holes a little bit and this is a great reason to come out and meet some people
2: exactly and then uh, hey boss can i do my little i was just gonna well i was trick? gonna i was gonna give you a segue there but take yeah. it thanks boss yeah uh f- <laughs> that friday uh prior the uh 10th of november my band rocket minor will be playing g-man as well uh with the bands underhand and coyote man and that's gonna be a raucous good time as well so Show up for both. Yeah. Is Coyote Man like a werewolf? Turns into a coyote? Uh, coyote ba- Man is a amazing instrumental band. Ooh, okay. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, yeah, definitely. If you can come in early, uh, check out Ken's band on Friday night. Stay over Saturday. Go see the sites in Chicago. Uh, maybe do an architecture tour or something. Go see some, some other music if you need to, or maybe go check out some blues and jazz, and then... Sunday come to our, our show and see our 350th taping and Matt is going to be there as well so if you think he's still a robot uh, that will be put uh, put to rest our show is
2: going to be so loud that we're gonna tell the rest of Wrigleyville is going to be like guys turn it down a little bit
3: yep <laughs> yep and uh we're gonna yeah, we have a bigger crowd than the cubs uh surely if you come so just be ready for that. Um, in, no,
5: in November, I can guarantee that yes
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, Jill for for helping us put that together. We're excited to uh join you for that big event and we're gonna keep talking about it more and more so. Uh, please, you know, stay up on our, our socials and whatnot. If you have any questions, email us. Our uh, next guest uh, used to live in Chicago, so uh, either he'll be there in spirit at the event, or maybe he'll he'll come in uh, depending on um, what he's got going on. But I know he met the the fellows at SprokelCon in DC. <laughs> Just a little pressure there. Yep, uh, a little <laughs> pressure. Uh, he's an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon from
4: Newport News, Virginia. Dave Scanlon, how are you, Dave? Hey, guys. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that would be an excellent excuse to fly in and uh, visit my mom, who always wants me to come in, and I'm kind of like, it's so much of a flight and a drive, but, you know, if you guys are there, I can drag her out. I think that's a great idea.
3: (laughs) There you go. Uh, We love that. Uh, So you were telling us a little bit about yourself before we recorded, but uh, let's make it public. So what do you want to tell the folks at home about yourself?
4: yeah so as you said i am from the chicago land area so i'm from originally crete class of 03 for crete Moni, home of laquan treadwell um i've
3: oh so so actually we were in high school at the exact same time our senior years we played each other not we didn't play but we were in the stands
4: true true i mean i was a four sport athlete in high school and student body president and like basically just all around you know math team scholastic bowl type nerd uh so that got me a trip out to the air force academy for a few years uh graduated out of there in '07, and then i've just been kind of on a whirlwind uh tour of the u.s uh since that I, I do um data science i do machine learning and modeling and simulation for the air force so i was up in uh, the pentagon for about five years and then they moved me kind of peak of covid down to langley uh, which is down in Hampton Roads. Uh, that's how I got here to, to Newport News and um, shout out to all my guys over in uh, ACC A9A. Uh, a lot of my lieutenants and captains love uh, play testing and love just playing trivia with me and you know they, they uh, see me kind of as like, wow, how do you know all this crap?" And I'm like, eh, hopefully I know some stuff that's good enough to use for the, the job but
3: (laughs) well uh well we appreciate you taking the time and uh thank you for all that you do i don't understand any of what that means but i am glad (laughs) it's in your
4: hands and that you can handle it for us sure we uh we help uh buy stuff for the air force or actually request it so then when congress yells at us that uh it's too much money we can say hey but we did the analysis on it and that's basically our role well
2: that's awesome well, Dave's got a great game for us today. Um, our teams are going to be Jill and Matt versus me and Neil. And since uh, we're going to have a G Man weekend, let's have some G Man team names. So, uh, Jill, what did you guys come up with?
0: We decided that we were going to be the G Mandalorian.
2: Okay, G Mandalorian. And this is uh, the game. Since, uh, since Scott Pilgrim is uh, getting rebooted on Netflix, we'll be uh, G Man Gideon Graves. Who played G-Man, Gideon Graves? Uh, Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. Okay. Right. All right. Well, let's get the rules and find out how the game is played.
1: the cream the cream will rise all the way to the top
2: we have the rules so uh dave you want to take it away and we'll play
4: awesome yeah so um recently on thursday i played or i uh, hosted some of these questions at uh, capstan brewery down here i'm one of their fill-in hosts for trivia we had about 15 teams so it's nice to be in a room with only a couple people um but yeah so i'm a Pretty creative, dude. Uh, always thinking about the future. Always thinking about time. Um, we, you know, whenever we do analysis for the Air Force, we have to go out to 2030, 2035, 2040. So I decided, hey, let's do a round or let's do a game all about years. So for this first round, each category and each question is going to correlate to a decade. And I started off nice and clean and easy with the 1900s, so the decade of the 1900s. I'm going to have a category title as well that could or could not give you a little boost or a little clue. And then I will read the questions.
2: All right, let's rock.
4: All right, so question number one, it's the 1900s, so the decade of the 1900s. The category title is Show Me the Yen. And the question is, the Battle of Tsushima was the final major battle of the Russo-Japanese War on 27 to 28 May 1905, and resulted in a massive loss for the Imperial Russian Navy as their fleet was much older and slower than Japan's. Greatly aiding the Japanese, it was the first battle to feature the use of which technological development in warfare, the initial instance using the Type 36 from a boat to the mainland
0: i uh i think i have an idea matt what are you what are you thinking about
5: i think that if you think you have a good idea i think (laughs) that we can lock in with that answer
2: all right so they're locked in um i was thinking either submarines or radar uh technological
3: development um from a boat to the mainland um
2: i since it's since it's from the boat to the mainland that's what i wanted i was thinking maybe radar for that like they were transmitting Oh, oh, or I see. There. Yeah,
3: because I don't. I don't think it'll be torpedo um, or or gun on the ship or whatever. Yeah, we could go radar if you want.
2: Okay.
5: I like to think that I, it's, I, uh, Neil thinks it's some kind of submarine Gatling gun, but I don't know if that's <laughs> that's <a decent> like <laughs> there. Um, what what, were you, what did you lock in with?
0: I did think maybe it was torpedo. Okay. Just like a a. You
5: know. <laughs> oh, to the mainland. <laughs> hmm. For the for the folks at home there, there's finger guns and, uh, and now when you put it like that, Jill,
2: it does make more sense. I
0: yeah. mean, that's technologically sound. All
2: right, Dave, what do we got?
4: All right. So I, I wanted to give you guys a, a clue here um, with the category title. So it's a little bit of a stretch, but show me the yen. Show me the money. Cuba Gooden Jr. He played radio. radio. Come on. Yeah. Oh, my that's God. Cool. And, I, and
5: I thought that you were locking in with radio. I'm like, Jill knows it's radio. <laughs> She's on the radio. Uh, oh but no, God. that's okay. We'll get the next one. Yeah, that's
1: so really the, the full,
4: the full uh, answer here is wireless telegraphy by radio, but I would have mm. accepted you know radio by itself.
3: So it was the first uh, major battle to use Cubecting Jr.
2: as a weapon, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Later to be used in... Uh...
4: Pearl Harbor attack. That's
5: cool. right. Yeah, that's right. The Battle of Snow Dogs, I believe, is after that.
4: <laughs> All right, question number two. We are moving around right along to the 1910s. Our category title is We Are Made of Sea Stuff. All right, in 1916, Stuart Patton wrote and directed the first film adaptation of Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. This was the first film to be shot underwater. Although it didn't directly place cameras underwater, but used a system of tubes and mirrors in shallow water. Which motion picture studio, the oldest in the United States, used this film as the start of over a century of special effects advancements?
3: All right, uh, we thought about uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and we have a guest for the studio.
5: Mm, okay, so they're locked in. Um, <clears throat> so what were you thinking on this one initially?
0: I, for, you know, for the oldest ones, I, I'm, I'm always thinking about like MGM, mm-hmm. are they still a studio? Maybe Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. Columbia,
5: oh, we something got, like that. I think, I, my guess is, I think it's Universal. Um, I think that they've, they've definitely been out West a long time and I've been to Universal Studios in California and it was super fun. And that's the reason why I want to answer Universal <laughs> based on nothing else. But I do, I do think it's Universal Studios.
0: I'm, I'm here for it. I do not have a better guess than that.
5: All right. We're locked in.
2: I hope you said Universal because we're made of C-stuff is, uh, is a Universal sort of reference.
3: Yeah. So uh, we, we put down Paramount. We put down MGM. Uh, I don't think Paramount is that old. I don't think MGM is as old as that. But yeah, we just said Universal because uh, we couldn't put Stuart Patton uh, in the right league, but in the right league. Yeah. Pun intended.
4: Awesome, yeah. So you guys both picked this one up, um, picked up the category as well. So when my wife and I got married, uh, we got married at a civil war fort up in DC and, you know, basically picked all the cool sayings. We're just like, hey, let's throw in a bunch of stuff and we use Carl Sagan. We're made Mm. of uh, space stuff, you know, uh, or star stuff. Excuse me. I'm screwing up my own wedding uh, vows there. (laughs) Uh, as as one of our wedding uh, uh, quotes there. So, yeah, uh, Carl Sagan and the cosmos and universe and all that stuff, universal. Very Sweet. good pick up there.
3: Was that the tagline to The Shape of Water, Ken?
2: We're made of sea stuff? Yeah. I don't want to talk about <laughs> sea stuff.
5: I really s- no. see some stuff in that movie. Yeah. Unfortunate. <laughs> it is the
0: Lord's Day, you guys. We can't talk <laughs> about that right
4: now. Awesome, so question number three, we're gonna go to the the flapping days of the 20s here. And with those flappers, uh, our category is frozen in history. And in frozen in history, our question is art deco was huge in the 1920s, seen in almost all forms of architecture, consumer products and vehicles, but it was not yet called that. While the full term, Arts Decoratifs was first used in France in 1858. The abbreviation Art Deco was not widely used as a cultural phrase until over a hundred years later to describe the 1920s motif. Which worldwide fashion and beauty magazine, with over 100 million unique web visitors per month, ran an essay named Les Art Deco in 1967, cementing this term in place in history?
0: I mean, looking at me through the screen, you can tell I'm the epitome of fashion and style. Mm-hmm. You have your team behind <laughs> you, so uh, I think uh, paired with the the clue "frozen in history," it could be Vogue. Oh, that.
5: that makes sense. I thought this question was going to be out, be about uh, Walt Disney's head, um, but it's not, <laughs> which is okay. Uh, I like Vogue; it's a good it's a good answer, and I, I know that it's still a popular magazine, so we can lock in with Vogue.
2: Yep, Neil's uh, striking a pose here in the studio. So we're seeing Vogue as well.
4: Yeah, I kind of threw threw you guys off a little bit there. I'm sorry. So uh, L is frozen in history. So mm-hmm. answer oh. is going to be L here.
5: Wow. Oh.
2: Like frozen. Yeah, like the kids love. Yeah, like the yeah.
4: kids
0: love. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's what we yeah, get Like from Elsa, right? Kids. Yeah. They're...
4: Yeah. Awesome. Um, so question number four. We have the 1930s. And our category is, if you can't beat them, join them. All right, why hosted and won the 1930 World Cup, partially due to the field only having 13 teams due to the Great Depression. Featuring seven British-born players, which team lost to Argentina in the semifinals, but secured third place over Yugoslavia due to point differential? This secured their, as to yet, best showing ever in a World Cup.
2: So me and Neil are huge fans of 1930s uh, international soccer, and uh, <laughs> we're going to lock in.
5: All right. Um, so, so they're they're locked in. Uh, so we're looking for an international team. It's probably not English, with uh, seven okay. British-born players uh, losing to Argentina in the semis, and they haven't been very good since. Um, that's a lot of information. That um, is. It- but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't even, I don't even know what area of the the world. Are we looking at South America, Europe? I don't know.
0: I'm, I don't know why my, my heart says Australia.
5: Mm. I I don't know why that is a really good guess. They're notoriously not good at soccer and, um, they would have seven British born players. That would make sense. Um, so I'm, I'm good. Let's lock in with Australia.
2: Sure. Well, back in those days, uh, they used to play uh, soccer with an inflated uh, hog stomach. No, I'm just making stuff up. Uh, we said USA because we suck. And men's soccer, that is men's soccer. We suck. Women are pretty amazing, even though they lost yeah. this year.
4: Correct. Nice. Yeah, if you can't beat oh. them, join them. Hey, you oh, know, U- U.S. is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Revolutionary War and two World War champions, so British joined us for the first iteration of the World Cup, along with, you know, only 12 other teams, because most of Europe was like, that's way too expensive, and I'm not going on a boat, so screw I, that.
5: I, I do love clues that are, once you hear the answer, you feel stupid for not knowing the answer. <laughs> <laughs> did the, really
2: did the British-born players insist on calling it football while they were... <laughs>
4: I wonder. Most likely. And you know where soccer comes from, the the term, right? The etymology. Is it the Soccer
3: Association Association yeah. Football? There you yeah. go. So, like, so yeah, originally it was socration. called soccer, but yeah, so creation.
4: <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yep. Good pick up on that one, guys. All right. Our question number five. We're going to hop along to the 1940s. So, category title is Unlocking Air Power. The National Security Act of 1947, signed by President Truman, established the United States Air Force as an independent service, separating it from the Army and pissing off the Navy who didn't want to lose their air assets. In 1948, the first U.S. Secretary of Defense, James V. Forrestal, Drafted a policy paper that divided those air assets across the services, which was titled after the place where the service chiefs agreed on it. Also known as the Conk Republic and home to the Truman Little White House, the presidential winter retreat. Where did this agreement happen?
5: Well, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Oh, you might know. That was the sound of somebody who might know something.
0: Okay. Stay with me here.
5: <laughs> okay, I got nowhere to go.
0: <laughs> One time, I got terribly seasick off the back of a catamaran on a snorkeling trip after eating uh, terrible conch fritters in Key West, Florida. Mm. So I'm gonna, and there's conch freaking everywhere there. They're like on the street signs and and everything. So I'm mm-hmm.
5: that would be that would be a good place to put a winter retreat. Um, so I, I, I could see that might be the spot of the Truman little white, little white house. Um, yeah, we can, we can lock in with Key West.
2: Uh, we said Hawaii. Nope. Good you place could... to be sick.
4: Jill, <laughs> if you Jill gotta be sick over... somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Jill was all over this, like a uh, bad conk <laughs> nailed it. Unlocking air power. How do you unlock air power? With a key from Key West. Mm. Oh,
3: <laughs> Well, the the key to today's game has been uh, teamwork and trying to figure out these clues and both teams are at 20, so we're we're tied and I think we figured out the key to the game is making sure we listen to the to the clues in the beginning. So hopefully we'll
5: No, I get hear. Them. I'm just I'm just not doing anything with it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right, question number 6. We're going right along to the 1950s. So basically all of our millennial parents era here. Um And our category is going to be, don't be so basic. And here is your question. In 1957, IBM developed the first high level programming language for scientific and engineering applications, which is still very relevant today in high performance computing. What is the name of this language, whose name is a portmanteau, which describes why it's so useful for computational tasks and is written in all caps. Since early IBM computers did not support lowercase letters.
5: So they're locked in. Um, do you do a little uh, computer programming on the side as well as your other jobs or is this something you're not too familiar with?
0: I mean, I feel like I took computer classes in high school because mm-hmm. they, they made you. you yeah. um, <laughs> they and they then... assumed
5: we didn't know anything about computers, right?
0: Because I because we I didn't I'm mm-hmm. I think I'm quite a bit older than you guys. Well, maybe not quite a bit, but we didn't have, you know.
5: No, I I had a <laughs> Mac that I played Oregon Trail on. We we were high uh, high technology <laughs> in grade school, and middle school. So the ones that I I know, you know, you got your C plus pluses, your Java's, and uh, and then that's the end of the list. It's two.
0: <laughs> Isn't oh, the the category is don't be basic? I thought basic.
5: Basically, I guess the most
0: basic thing I can think of is binary code. It's just ones and zeros. Okay. But I don't know if that counts. Is that a programming language? It, I don't know. It
5: is how they how they program things. Uh I don't know if it's in all caps, but um I got nothing better.
0: Bit, yeah, I got nothing better than that. But yeah, I guess that's as good as, as we're gonna get here.
5: Yep. <laughs> so we're gonna lock in with binary.
2: Okay. okay. Um well we think maybe Matt encounters some uh basic people at the uh, conglomerate, so we said Java
4: so so basic here it basic comes from this language uh, if you picked up it's so useful for computational tasks it's because it uh translates formulas, mm-hmm. and that would be Fortran oh.
5: Fortran. oh.
3: oh. Speaking of computers and stuff, what Joe was talking about, I remember being in, in computer class and they would put wooden boxes over our hands to learn how to type without looking at our hands. And I was like, no one's ever going to need this you know, in the future. <laughs> and of course, we all need to type now at some point. So
0: That sounds like the test they give the kid in
5: Dune. <laughs> <laughs> all
4: right. Uh, grooving right along to question seven and the 1960s. Your category is brothers in arms. Which musical group holds the record for the most top 100 Billboard singles by a duo with 35 and was among the first 10 artists inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986? The duo decided to take somewhat of a hiatus during their musical career by enlisting in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve in 1961, but performed on the Ed Sullivan Show on February 18, 1962, performing Jezebel and Crying in the Rain while wearing their Marine Corps uniforms.
3: All right. We think we figured out uh, the category. It might have helped us a little bit on this one for the first time. So we're going to lock in.
5: Hmm. Give me that category again. Brothers in arms. Okay. So they're cool. really brothers. Mm-hmm. This couldn't...
0: <laughs> or, or they're just black. <laughs> <laughs>
5: or they're black. What about the or Isley both. brothers? It could be both.
0: Uh, so there's two of them Were there two righteous brothers.
5: There, did they
0: have 35 hits?
5: I, I honestly, 1960s music is definitely a little outside of my wheelhouse. Um, because my first thought was captain and Tennille, uh, definitely not (laughs) right. (laughs) Um, if you, the righteous Brothers sounds good. Um,
0: I mean, 35 was a lot of songs, but I also feel like just single, everybody was just throwing singles out like by the handful back
5: then. Yeah. There was, you know, you couldn't just put it on Spotify. They had to actually press it, so it's a little different. Yeah. Um, it was only I,
2: about four or five artists at the time, too. So <laughs> when they when true. they caught on, they really caught on. So,
0: I'm I I think yeah, I I feel like I can see this this Ed Sullivan performance and like the Marine uniform mm-hmm. is very evocative. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Righteous Brothers.
5: Sounds good.
3: I was between the Righteous Brothers uh, and the Everly Brothers, and I didn't know anything. I didn't know if the Righteous Brothers were in the Rockman Hall of Fame. I vaguely remember the Everly Brothers being even though I don't really know their songs. So we said the Everly Brothers.
4: There you go. Good, full, no. cool. excellent. Yep, Brothers in Arms. Really uh, useful hint there, I think. And um, yeah, I think with Jezebel and Crying the Rain, that's not really their main song, so... Might have been easier if I threw in one of their their top songs, but it, eh. it
5: would not be for me. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know any Everlys.
4: Gotcha. Well, good good poll over there by the guys in the studio. Um, nice job. And now we're we're on to the 1970s. So I hope you enjoyed those 70 years going by in about 46 minutes. Um, <laughs> your category for the 1970s is going to be buddha play and workout tapes by fonda and your question which book written in 1974 by robert persig is a fictional autobiography about a road trip that takes him and his son chris from minnesota to california although it was originally rejected 151 times from publishing houses It is now one of the highest-selling philosophy books of all time, selling over 5 million copies and translated into 27 languages.
2: We're going to lock in on this one. Oh, you guys know this one. We've Um, read a thing. (laughs) Well, I haven't. Sounds like Neil has, though. I
3: see it uh, in the studio uh, almost monthly, and I'll tell you why a little bit later
5: fascinating um jill do you have any inroads on this one
0: i'm thinking about the 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 clue Mm -hmm. it's buddha and playing workout tapes by fonda and if i continue that lyric it's fonda ain't got a motorcycle or ain't got a motor in the back of her honda and then motor gets me to motor Cycles and it's Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, uh, Bill Jackson's favorite book.
5: <laughs> I believe that is correct. Um, and I bet that's why Neil knows this one. Uh, but yeah, that sounds great.
3: Yep. Uh, if you are uh, a patron and you you do the uh, loot crate uh, from Jeff, often uh, he will share Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance uh, with patrons. And that's what we locked in with.
4: Yeah, I really like Jill parsing that out. That was perfect. Excellent job. Um, yeah, you are spot on. And uh, it's funny because so when I graduated from the academy, they give you 60 days to just like go out in the world and do whatever you want. Rumspringer? Uh, um, yeah, basically. <laughs> and so I went down to Costa Rica. But a plane. <laughs> yeah. And I saved sea turtles on uh, Playa Ostianal down there in the Guanacaste uh, province. And so there's this guy who's on uh, Discord a lot, uh, Albert. He play tested this. He has a, a rocks glass that has a quote from there. And he's actually from Costa Rica. So I was like, wow, I read this book in Costa Rica while I was down there. And now it's all coming together. Mm-hmm. Pretty, and pretty all, crazy. all the
5: listeners are getting 10 minutes of their life back because Jeff's not here to go on and on about this book. <laughs> you know, there's a
2: video by CGP Grey. <laughs>
4: yeah, good pulls, everyone. Very really nice. All right. So here comes my uh, birth decade, and I think a lot of everyone else here, maybe. Um, <laughs>
5: no, it's not, Jill, yes. <laughs>
4: um, So our category for the 1980s is oiling my peach. Mm. And you were going to
3: call me by your name, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: what I call it.
5: Yeah. yeah. The Lord's Day! <laughs> it's okay. This goes out on a Tuesday.
4: <laughs> All right. So, your question for Oiling My Peach is when Sigeru Miyamoto, the creative genius behind. Countless Nintendo video games first settled on an idea to create a game based on a love triangle between a gorilla, a carpenter, and a woman. He took inspiration and actually tried to acquire the rights to which cartoon series? This cartoon, created by LZ Chrysler Seeger, first appeared in his comic strip Thimble Theater in 1929.
5: We We can lock in.
2: So we're talking about the original cartoon that Donkey Kong was supposed to be.
3: And
5: I'm okay.
2: trying to remember what it was
5: going to be. I think it was, like,
2: was it Popeye?
3: Oh, Popeye would make sense because you'd have Popeye, uh, olive oil, and then the gorilla would be the mean guy that always, like, hits on her.
2: Yeah. Or he looks
3: like
4: a gorilla. Was it
2: Popeye?
3: I don't know. LZ, uh Bob Seger. uh I don't. Yeah, I don't know who created Popeye. That's the thing. So maybe, maybe we've, it is. We've
2: we've had this one like a 200 episodes ago, or something like that. I'm glad you uh, remember. Is, I don't
3: is Popeye. Maybe I mean, Popeye. if
2: that's what your gut says, it's got to be right because that's such a random answer, right? All right, I forgot to eat, eats my spinach this morning, so let's go Popeye.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think originally you were supposed. To, if you jumped, you can grab spinach cans, and then you'd be able to punch the barrels. I think that's how it was originally supposed to go. But it's a hundred percent Popeye. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, uh, taking its name, or taking, so the food Popeye, uh, you know, the chicken, actually didn't get its name from Popeye, it got its name from Popeye Doyle from uh, French Connection, so the great Gene Hackman, throw that Is that true? There. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's wild, wow. Very wild. Popeye's <laughs> Chicken
2: um, trivia is f-ing awesome.
3: That's why every time <laughs> I get Popeye's Chicken, I go into some sort of car race and almost hit a baby, so... <laughs>
4: Yeah, and if you picked up on the category oiling my peach, we went from olive oil to princess oh, peach. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: nice. Just a quick aside, I, I find it very fascinating that I go to different small towns and there's olive oil shops. Like, I don't know who buys that much <laughs> olive oil. It kind of creeps me out, but good for them.
4: I put it on my skin. I'm Greek, so...
3: Is that the secret?
4: Mm-hmm. It must be. Yeah, that's why you look so young. Exactly. Oh, goodness. Yeah, for yeah, I a 20-year Air Force veteran, I look like a... 10 year old no
3: (laughs) what's scanlan doing over there oh he's he's dousing himself in olive oil again
0: just like flash dance
4: (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing all right so question number 10 we've made ourselves through the century here and 1990s is going to be your 10th question category is genocide is wrong but peace is the opposite in november 1995 the peace accords that ended civil war and genocide in bosnia herzegovina were signed at the air force base that is home to the national air and space intelligence center the air force institute of technology and hangar 18 which is purportedly the storage site of a crashed roswell ufo what is the name of these accords, which share the name of the Midwestern city that is next to this Air Force base, and that has a place in the history of aviation?
5: All right. Um, it seems like we both have absolutely zero idea here, and we're just naming uh, Midwestern <laughs> cities. And we're not going to go with Chicago, even though that would be the game theory here. Uh, let's travel south a little bit to the land of race cars and steakhouses and go Indianapolis. That sound good.
4: Sure.
2: Okay. All right. We're just not even gonna bother with the Midwest uh, thing, and we're just gonna say Kitty Hawk.
4: Yeah, you're you're really close. But where did the guys who went to Kitty Hawk come from? I don't know. They lived in oh. Dayton. They were bicycle salesmen and owned a bicycle <laughs> shop in Dayton, Ohio, which is right okay. next to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. So, genocide is wrong, but peace is right. Right, Patterson, Air Force Base, in Dayton, Ohio. And I feel like you guys just think like Ohio is probably just a black hole. So I don't blame <laughs> you guys for missing that and kind of <laughs> skipping all the way over to North Carolina. But. <laughs>
2: Famous Midwestern uh, state, North Carolina. Exactly. Right.
5: Peace
3: um, may be right, but uh, not a ton of right answers in this game so far. But we talking have... about 50%? Well, 50%. Yeah. That's so pretty good. That's I, perfect. I, I think it's pretty good, yeah. So G-Man DeLorean uh, with 40 points, and uh, G-Man Gideon Graves with 50 mm-hmm. points. So close game.
5: Yeah, For the half-right brothers. Is that how this works?
3: <laughs> the half-right brothers or or the uh, Queen Latifah common vehicle just right, which is just a, a remake of the Wright Brothers story, but told in romantic comedy form. Yeah. Um, if uh, if you uh, were listening to that first half of the game and you didn't hear that we have a huge event coming up in Chicago on November 12th, this is just a reminder because uh, it's uh, made possible in part due to our patrons. And uh, speaking of our patrons, if you are a patron who either wants to travel to Chicago or uh, lives in Chicagoland area and you'd like a free ticket to this event, uh, if you are the first five patrons to message us on Patreon, a direct message... Uh, we will give you a free ticket to the event. So uh, make sure to uh, do that. And if you want more information, you can go uh, to gmantavern.com, Jill, and, and look up events.
0: Yep. yep. And uh, if you're already in the city and you just have an affinity for live music or anything, poke around in there. We've got something for you, I promise.
3: Awesome. Well, uh, and uh, speaking of, of patrons, if you'd like to join all of them, including our two guests today, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Dave, uh, what do we have in store for the Swing Round today?
4: Yeah, so going along with the same theme of, uh, of years, each question of the Swing Round will feature a year that is the title of a book, film, or song. So basically, I'll give you a book, film, or song that's a year. I'll give you a prompt with a question, and then you uh, simply answer that question. Got it. OK. Cool. Awesome. So your Swing Round. Question number one, literature. Author of the pop fiction books, 1491, New Revelations of the Americas Before Columbus, published in 2005. And 1493, Uncovering the New World Columbus Created, published in 2011. Question two, literature. The author of 1776, the true story of George Washington leading his troops in the American Revolutionary War. Question number three, movies. The director of 1917, the war film released in 2019, known for its single-shot cinematography. Question number four, movies. The director of 1941, Mickey Rourke's film debut about the hilarity of post-Pearl Harbor panic in Los Angeles, also starring John Belushi. Question number five, music. The artist who released December 1963, oh, what a night about their keyboard player Bob Guadio's courtship of his wife, Judy. Question number six, movies. The actor who portrayed Mr. Ollivander in the Harry Potter series, who also portrayed Winston in the 1984 version of 1984. Question number seven, music. The singer who released a song version of the book 1984 and 1974 on the album Diamond Dogs that was supposed to be for a stage musical, but was blocked by Orwell's widow. Question number eight, music. The band who originally recorded 1985 and 2004 about a woman yearning for yesteryear before Bowling for Soup re-released it the same year. Question number nine, music. The Canadian prog rock band who released the album and song 2112 that became their second highest selling after moving pictures. And question number Canadian 10.
2: prog rock band. Let's, let's, <laughs> Slow let down. Let me think of a...
4: Question number 10, literature. The author of the book 3001, which is fourth in its series.
2: All right, we have
1: our questions. We'll be right back after these messages. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast.
2: and we are back we have our answers let's uh, toss it back over to dave to get the questions one more time and we'll see how we did
4: sure thing uh question number one was literature author of the pop fiction books 1491 new revelations of the americas before columbus published in 05 and 1493 uncovering the new world columbus created published in 2011.
2: uh we weren't sure what pop fiction was uh we just guessed
5: chomsky Oh, that's a good guess, because we didn't have anything. Norm's, uh, I don't know. I got nothing. No names.
4: Yeah, and I uh, consider anything talking about Columbus to be fiction. So, sorry (laughs) if that threw you off, but that's Charles C. Mann. Mm. Mm. Um, Question number two, literature. The author of 1776, the true story of George Washington leading his troops in the American Revolutionary War.
2: So I know, uh, Bill O'Reilly kind of also dabbles as a author of historical, uh, stuff. So we said we would do it live. Yeah. In quotes. Uh, we said we would do it live and we said Bill O'Reilly.
0: I'm glad that Bill O'Reilly, uh, never enters my mind at any point <laughs> during any day. Um, you are. I, I, so if you're right, I'm fine with being wrong. I, I said, um, The same dude that wrote the book about Hamilton, uh, Ron Chernow.
4: Yeah, so this is actually David McCullough, who wrote The Path Between the Seas, Truman, and John Adams. So he was a Pulitzer Prize winner twice, uh, 1982 National Book Award winner for, not sure actually, and uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom. Uh, So you're
2: saying I had to invoke Bill O'Reilly's name for no reason?
4: (laughs) Yeah, don't say it three times Ah. in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't. All right, question number three, movies. Going into Neil territory here. The director of 1917, the war film released in 2019, known for its single-shot cinematography.
2: Just for the record, I knew all the movie questions, too. I'm just saying. Neil gets all the credit for the movie stuff, but... uh... Go ahead, it, you know, we know what the people we know what the people want. <laughs> yeah. We said uh the director of Jarhead,
5: Sam Mendes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the
2: director of Jarhead, his most famous film.
5: <laughs> uh that's where I knew him from too, yeah. Uh we said Sam Mendes.
4: Uh yeah, not to be confused with the singer. Uh it is Sam Mendes. <laughs>
5: they Very look nice. they look similar.
4: Uh question number 4, movies. The director of 1941, Mickey Rourke's film debut about the hilarity of post-Pearl Harbor panic in Los Angeles, also starring John Belushi.
2: Well, I informed uh, Neil this is the Swedish uh, filmmaker Spielberg.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love his meatballs. Um, Yeah, we said Steven Spielberg as well.
4: Excellent pulls. Very nice job. All right, question five music. The artist who released December 1963. Oh, what a night! About their keyboard player, Bob Guadio's courtship of his wife, Judy. Uh,
3: we thought this answer was just too good to be true. We said Frankie Valley.
5: Mm hmm. Well, we also said Frankie Valley.
4: There you go. Frankie Valley, four seasons. All of them get the pot. Good work. Question six movies. The actor who portrayed Mr. Ollivander in the Harry Potter series, who also portrayed Winston in the 1984 version of 1984.
2: Yeah, this uh, answer seemed to just pop right out of me, and uh, we said John Hurt.
0: (laughs) Uh, We also said John Hurt.
4: Yep, the Elephant Man himself, David Lynch's uh, favorite actor of all time. That is John Hurt. Uh, Question seven, music the singer who released a song version of the book 1984 and 1974 on the album diamond dogs that was supposed to be for a stage musical, but was blocked by Orwell's widow.
3: This one we didn't know. Uh, we just uh, went with the diamond theme and said, Neil diamond got blocked to do a musical.
5: Hmm. Uh, we went with, uh, Ziggy stardust, David Bowie,
4: David Bowie himself. Yes. Good, good job there. Um, Question number eight. Music. The band who originally recorded 1985 and 2004 about a woman yearning for yesteryear before the great Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one day Bowling for Soup re-released it in the same year.
3: Yeah, we we think this is SR-71.
4: We said
0: SR-71 too. T-O-O.
4: (laughs) There you go. Uh, All... Children of Air Force veterans, and that's why they came up with the name SR seventy one after the X Men's uh, aircraft. They're the Blackbird, so you are mm-hmm. correct, SR seventy one. Question nine: Music, the Canadian prog rock band that released the album and song twenty one twelve that became their second highest selling after Moving Pictures.
2: It's got to be King Crimson. No, just kidding. Uh, we're saying Rush. <laughs> oh, Alex Lifeson,
5: right? Or oh, am I... Al- Alex Lifeson. Oh, good, good. I remembered. Uh, we also said rush.
4: Yeah, I was hoping that you guys didn't rush to answer that one. Uh, it was Good rush. Work. Good work. <laughs> and question ten: Literature. The author of the book Three Thousand One, which is fourth in its series.
2: Pretty sure the author of Two Thousand One: Space Odyssey was Arthur C. Clarke. So we
0: said Clark. We see. Uh, we said Clark as well.
4: Yeah, and kind of an interesting thing about uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the the book didn't exist uh, prior to the movie. It actually correlated with uh, Stanley Kubrick creating the the screenplay, working directly with Arthur C. Clarke. So there was no 2001 until that movie was released, and then Clarke went on to do three more books, including 3001
3: our scores after the swing round, it looks like G-Man DeLorean is going to pick up 40 points, bringing their total to 80. And uh, G-Man Gideon Graves picking up 35 points, uh, holding a very slight lead at 85.
4: Cool. All right. So for um, round two, we're going to take our uh, little UFO slash time machine out of Wright-Patterson and fly right into 2014. So all of these are going to correlate with a year starting 2014 all the way up to today. So question one, 2014 category title is not too happy together. Question is Malaysia Airlines flight MH370 disappeared while en route from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing on March 8, 2014. In July 2015, the first item of debris to be positively identified as originating from Flight 370, the right flapper on, was discovered on a beach of which French Indian Ocean Island. The island's name features a Lexant Ago and is the French for meeting, but not necessarily after a set number of years.
3: Uh, we, we can lock in. I have a guess.
5: Hmm. So we're looking for a French word. We. Uh... Oui. <laughs> uh, I think well my first thought was Reunion um, it is I believe it's an island I, I saw a documentary about this pop-up on Netflix and I never watched it um, but what do you think about Reunion? I,
0: I think so where would the little accent go over the E,
5: the I the I mean o. it's a it's a roving accent I think it depends on wherever you feel like it goes that's how it works, um, but I, yeah, I think you know, especially with the clue at the end about not necessarily after a set number of uh, years, because we can have a reunion at our show on November twelfth in Chicago, where you can get tickets right now. Um, so we can lock in with reunion.
0: I'm good with that.
3: Yeah. So just for my my French knowledge, um, l'accent like you is is the little accent over the e, and uh, I believe it's uh, le reunion. So we said reunion.
4: That is correct, so I just got back from the Seychelles uh, back in April, and then uh, my wife and I flew out to LA, so my wife was on uh, Jeopardy, so we had this whirlwind kind of post-honeymoon trip. We got married in 2019, um, but it took us four years with me having two deployments and COVID and all that to actually um, go out to Seychelles, and Seychelles is one of the closest islands to Reunion. So, nice. great pull and nice. all that. Ooh, and the category, on. not too happy together. and eh, It's not too happy to be reunited with a right flapper on of a missing aircraft.
3: Sure. Mm. And congratulations.
4: Thanks. Appreciate that. All right. So, question number two. We're going to 2015. Category title is I Don't Give One. The film... Bridge of Spies was listed on the AFI's list of top 10 films of 2015. It focuses on the exchange of a CIA U-2 pilot that was shot down over the Soviet Union in 1960 with a convicted KGB spy. The name of the film refers to the Gleineke Bridge where the prisoner exchange took place. Which two present day cities does this bridge connect? One of the cities was the site of a famous meeting between Harry Truman, Joseph Stalin, Winston Churchill, and Clement Attlee post-World War II.
5: We can lock in. All right. So we've been discussing cities and bridges, and we have gotten absolutely nowhere. Uh, So I think we're going to say Oakland and San Francisco. The Golden Gate Bridge takes them all the way over. It's a great bridge. Uh, We're just locked in with basically nothing. Okay. Okay.
2: Neil, this was the beginning of the Mark Rylesons. That's right, the Mark Rylissons.
3: Um, Oscar winner for this film. Underrated little little gem of a movie. Uh, so the, yeah, the film uh, deals with uh, East Berlin, West Berlin. So Berlin is one of them. And uh, just from reading about the movie, I'm pretty sure the other city, modern-day city, is Potsdam. So we said Berlin and Potsdam.
4: Yes, sir, that's correct. Good pull. So Potsdam Conference uh, category, I don't give a Potsdam So, Gleinecke Bridge, uh, didn't say it in the the German as my wife would say it, but um, no, that's an excellent poll there. Uh, Yeah, all those, actually, when I was at the Pentagon, so I worked at the Pentagon for like five years, right? And so, every single day, walking up to my office, you go up these ramps, and on the second ramp on the right, there's all these pictures of the Potsdam uh, conference between all mm. four of those guys. So if you ever get a chance to check out the Pentagon, it's like a living museum. Uh, now it's the second largest um, second largest office building in the world because a diamond mining office in India took its place this year. Well, so
3: yeah. You can go into the Pentagon just as a normal person?
4: Uh, you used to be able to go in pre-2001, uh, of course, um, but now you can... Either contact someone at the Pentagon if you know a person working there, or you can contact your senator, congressman, congressperson, excuse me. And they'll get Uh, back to you
2: super fast.
3: Yeah, so
4: 2025, 2029.
3: Matt will be in touch uh, to get a a tour of the Pentagon, Dave.
5: Yeah, once you live here, you can just go on whenever you want. That's true.
4: (laughs) True. Oh, yeah, you're in D.C. That's right. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. All right, so question number three, and I knew this was going to be an all-Chicago uh, affair here, so hopefully this helps you out. Category title is plucking feathers in 2016, of course. Biggest moment of my life, so question is going to be, other than my wedding, of course, right? Um, the Chicago Cubs finally won a World Series in 2016, coming back to eclipse the then Cleveland Indians in seven games after trailing 3-1 to one in the series. Serving as the Cubs' ace, which bearded starting pitcher snaked his way into becoming the first National League starting pitcher to win two road games in a single World Series since Bob Gibson in 1967, when the Cubs beat the Indians 9-3 to in Game 6.
5: I think we're locked in, right? Mm-hmm. Why am I blinking on this? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is shocking, Matt. <laughs> I, I don't like this, I don't this, this version
2: of Matt that we're seeing right now. Yeah.
5: Oh, it's uh I believe I think this is Arietta. Jake the snake possibly. Um I'm trying I I think I was thinking too much, but he's definitely bearded. Um I believe uh, Ken dressed up as him one year for Halloween. That's possible. Uh yeah. I can see it.
0: When well, yeah. my beard
2: was a little larger than it is today. Yeah, and yeah. so Jake Arietta was getting moved, but he didn't have a home yet, so I did a homeless Jake Arietta like he wasn't a millionaire <laughs> already so.
5: Yeah, so we locked in with that same
4: <laughs> yep awesome of course uh and then obviously the uh game seven was when you know everyone in chicago almost had a heart attack with their oldest chapman uh giving up hmm. that home run to rajay davis but luckily the exploits of jason hayward and ben zobrist uh bailed us yeah. out and, and Randall, our first yeah. world series in 108 years so that was amazing Cool. All right. Number four. Question number four. 2017. Category is by George. I think he's got it. Your question. The Great American Eclipse happened on August 21st, 2017, becoming the first total solar eclipse to span the whole U.S. since June 8th, 1918, and not since February 1979 had there been even a total solar eclipse visible in the mainland U.S., what term, sounding similar to a Hungarian-American billionaire, is used for the 18-year period after an eclipse where the sun, earth, and moon all return to the same geometry, resulting in another eclipse?
2: All right, so there's a word that I've heard on this podcast a couple times, and I think it might be what you're describing, so we're going to lock in.
5: Yeah. What, what? How many Hungarian-American billionaires do you know?
0: Just the one, and he won't return my calls.
5: Oh, that's it. <laughs> um,
0: I think it's George Soros. Okay, it's the guy? I and the, by George is the the clue. Right. So, so it sounds uh, like that the word. Yeah, that's where I'm getting stuck here. Sar- Saris, Sirius, Sirius. That that feels like okay a Greek something. Yeah. I
5: a George Cirrus. No, or just Cirrus. We can, we, we can just say Cirrus.
0: I don't know how to spell it. I don't know if it's with an S or a C. All
5: well, right. if it's right, yeah. well, it's whatever we said.
2: Don't worry. Oh, we're right. wrong. We we're wrong it. also. So <laughs> um, we just didn't think about it that much, and we said syzygy, Just no, also si- my safe word.
4: So syzygy is when there's three uh, like planetary objects that go right next to each other, right back mm. uh, back to back to back kind of thing. Uh yeah, I, I want to give this to, to Jill and 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 Matt there, and uh,
5: and I yeah, want to take so it.
4: Close so. enough. It's uh it's Saros. It's S A R O S. Um, yeah. So you guys picked up on all those clues. Um, awesome. Um, all right. So question five, twenty eighteen. Your category title is "Change is Good." The renowned Theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking passed away on Pi Day in 2018 at 76. For 30 years, he served as the location chair of mathematics at the University of Cambridge, one of the most prestigious academic posts in the world. He is not the longest serving person in that post, however. Sir George Stokes served for 54 years and made seminal contributions to fluid mechanics including devising Stokes' theorem, which states the following. The line integral of a vector field over a loop is equal to the blank of its curl through the enclosed surface. What four-letter term fills this blank?
2: Just want to give uh, Dave props for including the phrase seminal contributions to fluid mechanics. (laughs) All right, well, Neil, I think the man who would love this question is not here today, so let's just go ahead and lock in quickly and uh, be done with it.
0: Go with me. I'm pulling this out of thin air, Mm -hmm. Matt. Just thinking about a good science-y word for, like, change Mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm all about the clues in these things. Yeah. And four letters, and it's like the scienciest word I can think of because of my favorite scientist, uh,
5: Doc Brown. Mm. Uh, flux. The flux of its curl. Hmm. Mm.
0: Which is what I tell my stylist. Yeah. <laughs> I would like. Dringo, yeah. It's <laughs> just, a, just
5: a little flux curl. <laughs> Should um, go with flux? We could go with flux. Uh, I was thinking potentially axis um because Ooh. the curl um would go around the axis point Ooh. with the with the sure man sure. The sure yeah sure. axis we're just
2: gonna say size but you your guys's conversation sounded pretty good i also thought maybe rate but uh we're saying size
4: all right so stokes's theorem states the following the line integral of a vector field over a loop is equal to the flux of its curl Come through on. the enclosed oh, surface. So Doc Brown would have saved you there. Matt, well, uh, change is good. Uh, and, change was I mean, not you good. Can there. Change got an nexus, I guess. but yeah. Change was
5: bad. We had the right answer.
3: Well, thanks to that terrible. Um... <laughs> You know, the turn of events man. by Matt, a terrible man <laughs> who ruined the answer. Yeah, they would have had the lead there with that question, but unfortunately, G-Man is only picking up thirty points, bringing their total to one ten. G-Man Gideon Graves picking up thirty points as well, bringing their total to one fifteen.
4: Awesome. So on to the last year before uh, chaos, twenty nineteen. Your category is getting on track. Here is your question. The House impeached President Trump in December of 2019, making him the third president to be dis- bestowed with that dubious honor. The first, Andrew Johnson, was impeached due to violating which act, sounding like something that teachers earn when he acted to remove Edwin Stanton from office as Secretary of War. The act was a federal law in force only from 1867 to 1887 and denied the president the ability to remove any executive without the explicit approval of the senate.
5: Well, they're locked in. Um what do what do teachers earn besides not enough money? <laughs> um uh
0: tenure. They get on a tenure track?
5: Okay. Oh yeah, that makes sense. So you think it's the maybe it's like the 10-year act or just tenure. Should, uh, Don't overthink tenure. it. <laughs> no, I know. I'm afraid to say anything. Uh,
2: I
0: say that. Yeah, the tenure act. That sounds great. Okay. We said the same.
4: Yeah. Points all around here. Um, so it's actually the tenure of office act, but tenure act. Really good. Um, and of course, tenure act. The radical Republicans were kind of out for Andrew Johnson. Uh, who promised, you know, 40 acres and a mule. And where are the 40 acres? Where are the mules? Um,
0: Where's my mule? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero acres, zero mules. Who do I
4: write? So we can kind of thank the radical Republicans back then who are now more of the Democrats, obviously, um, you know, changing course somewhere in the late 1900s to become the Democrats that we need to know today. All right, Uh, question seven is 2020. Chairman of the board is your category. The one good thing to come out of 2020 is the ability to work from home more effectively. Who is the CEO and founder of Zoom Video Communications whose last name is the same name as the currency of the country he was born in, which is currently worth 0.137 of a US dollar? In the language of its country, spoken by over 500 million, it literally means round object or round coin. And the last name here is fine.
5: You you think you know it? I do. Okay. We can lock in 100% because I don't. So,
2: so Neil, we know the chairman of the board is who? Carrot Top or Frank Sinatra, depending on <laughs> which thing you like. Yeah. Um, However, that's not really getting us anywhere. I'm sure we'll be enlightened. But uh, we're thinking maybe it's ruble because the amount of speakers seems about correct and the the conversion rate to U.S. dollars seems about correct. So we're going to say ruble.
0: Uh, if I am correct here, the, the founder of uh, Zoom is an Asian fella.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think he's a Chinese fella. And I think his last name is Yuan. Mm. So we went with Yuan.
4: That's correct. So, all right. so the yuan is broken down into mao's, which are then broken down into fens. Um, so the chairman of the board, chairman going with Mao Zedong there. Mm, yeah, uh, chairman of the board is he's the CEO. You can't give uh, us carrot
2: top bait, all right? It'll just throw <laughs> us right off.
4: Some bowling for soup and carrot top bait all mixed together. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you put carrots in your bowl of soup, maybe you get this answer. Yeah, yeah, if you
5: called pest control for triviality, they would just lay out some bowling for soup and carrot top, and we would come <laughs> scattering <out. laughs>
3: No carrots if you're Al Michaels, though, who does not eat vegetables, <laughs>
2: is what we learned. <laughs> well, way to, way to take the lead, guys. Let's uh, move on to question eight.
4: All right, question eight. Uh, year is 2021. Your category is daggone it. At the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympics, Laurel Hubbard made, her his- made history when she became the first transgender woman athlete to compete. Unfortunately, she failed to complete any of her three tries at which specific event, placing her in last place for her class. The class was eventually meddled by Lee Wenwen, Emily Campbell, and Sarah Robles. This event shares its name with a 2000 Guy Ritchie film Featuring the character One Punch Mickey O'Neill, as played by Brad Pitt.
5: Um, Well, I don't know the movie, but I do know that she was a weightlifter.
4: I do know the movie,
0: and if you can help me understand what it means in sports terms, Mm -hmm. then I think we might... So the movie is Snatch. Oh,
5: yeah. So Snatch... um, Snatch and Grab, I think, is the...
0: Is it... Wait, is it... Yeah,
5: they got a... They got to pick it up and get it to their chest within a certain amount of time, and then they can drop it or something like that. Um, that sounds hard. It's just I, I think weight. Li- I guess because I think it's just the event. Yeah. So just say the name of the movie. You'll be fine. Yeah. Snatch.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weightlifting we, snatch. Yeah, we said snatch <laughs> also. Yeah, you snatch that run right up, and you know if you aren't familiar with that uh, movie, and you want to. See, Brad Pitt mispronounced the word dog a million times. You can just dag. Yeah, dag, dag, dag. Or maybe he's pronouncing it right and we're all wrong. Um, but yeah, definitely. Snatch is correct. And then clean and jerk, to go back to the seminal, um, you know, <laughs> viscous flux stuff that we were saying before. Um, yeah, clean and jerk was the second in that class. So it was like the 87 kilogram class. Um, they give the gold medal for both the snatch and the clean and jerk. Um, you can make up jokes at home. We won't. We'll but move on. I'm not going to. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, touching moving on. on. <laughs> question nine, 2022. Almost up to today, folks. Category is Oakley Dokley, said Fred. And your question. In 2022, it was announced that the longest running drama series and soap opera in Australia's history would be canceled. The show's finale was broadcast in a 90-minute episode on July 28th on Network 10 and 10 Peach. However, in November, Amazon Freebie and Fremantle picked up the show, allowing it to start over this year on September 18th. What is the name of this show, which shares its name with a film that won Zach Efron an MTV Movie Award for Best Shirtless Performance?
5: I think this show... The show was on since like the fifties or sixties, I think. Um, I believe it's called Neighbors.
4: Yeah,
0: I was. You know what? That that was on the tip of my tongue too. Let's go. I think with. it's that
5: movie where Zac Efron is either a good or bad neighbor. I can't remember.
0: <laughs> oh, and Fred Oakley Oakley said Fred Rogers the best neighbor anyone could ever have. Mm-hmm.
5: Ned Flanders and Ned Flanders also a neighbor. Two bad neighbors.
3: Well, we uh, we like to thank this show for uh, birthing not. Literally, but birthing uh, Margot Robbie, so we said neighbors.
4: Mm. Yeah, you guys parsed all of it. Oakley, Doakley, of course, your favorite Homer neighbor, Ned Flanders, and Fred Rogers. Um, if they sang "I'm Too Sexy" together, that would give you some bad visuals. But uh, <laughs> let's get it. Let's let's do it. Let's let's have that happen. All right, and then we are here. We made it all the way to present day. No more time machine needed. It's 2023 for question 10. Category is Kanan, I get a what, what? (laughs) All right, so question is, this year in January, Prince Harry's tell-all memoir, Spare, broke the record for the fastest selling nonfiction book of all time, selling 1.4 million copies in one day and breaking the record of which book that was released in 2020. Despite the title, this book was not, in fact, about the area where the Egyptian, Hittite, Mitanni, and Assyrian empires converged.
5: Jill's pretty sure that she knows this or has it on her bookshelf somewhere, so we we are locked in.
4: Not a
2: big uh, reader of nonfiction there, Neil. Mm-hmm. The area where all those empires converged kind of reminds me of, like, Mesopotamia, or the Fertile Crescent, or something like that. Do you have any ideas? I don't either. Uh,
3: yeah, I'm not sure what that would be called. I'm just thinking of nonfiction books that were really popular. And if it's 2020, Canaan. What is it? Canaan get a what? What? Canaan get a what? What? Uh, which is a Jay Z reference, uh, but um, I don't know. Well, Jay Z. Can I? Uh, yeah, I don't really know what that's that's doing right, for me. We'll just
2: say the book is called the Fertile Crescent.
5: They said the Fertile Crescent. We think that this is a uh, Barack Obama book, correct?
0: Yes. Uh, I was wondering if it was a Michelle or a Barack, but I think it's a Barack. Mm -hmm. And I think the Promised Land is Mm -hmm. what we would Mm -hmm. call that place. So
5: we're locked in with the Promised Land.
4: Yep, it is Barack Obama's uh, promised land. So Canaan called the promised land throughout the Bible, and uh, Jay-Z is Hova, as in Jehovah. So converging there.
3: Well, uh, after uh, Matt snatched away uh, Jill's answer for uh, for Flux, (laughs) Jill got a little angry and batted perfect uh, in the second half (laughs) of the second round. So the team of G-Man DeLorean's picking up 50 points, giving them the lead with 160. And unfortunately, G-Man Gideon Graves only picking up 30 points. We're at 145. So the lead changed uh, going into the final round. And uh, it's anyone's game at this point. It's probably g DeLorean's game, but we'll see. <laughs> what are those uh, categories?
4: All right. Your categories for the final round, we're going into the future now. So starting in 2024, and then we're going to go visit our uh, Chinese friends again. So Year of the Dragon. Year of the Snake, Year of the Horse, Year of the Goat, and Year of the Monkey.
2: The wages are locked in. Looks like uh, G-Man Gideon Graves going 15s all the way down. Uh, G-Mandalorian man going 20s all the way down. So we'll see who this favors.
4: All right. Question one, Year of the Dragon. Through the end of the 2022 baseball season, the Dayton Dragons had a streak of 1,441 sellout games, far surpassing the number of games in the 1977 to 1995 sellout streak for which West Coast NBA franchise. This NBA team's only championship came in 1977, featuring University of Dayton's Johnny David, along with a UCLA alum Hall of Famer with a sweet ginger beard. Year of the Snake. There are many colorful nicknames when rolling a two in craps, including 11 in a shoe store, two bad boys from Illinois, aces in both places, and of course, snake eyes. A nickname for one of the other two numbers that you could roll to lose your pass line bet on the come out roll is which transportation container term. Getting its name from the fact that the spots on the dice look like a schematic drawing of the container. Unsure if Gertrude Chandler Warner ever played craps. Alright, Year of the Horse. Sounding like three classes of body heat regulation, what are the three groupings of horse types and breeds that are delineated by horses bred for equestrian sport like Holsteiners? Horses that are bred for work like Clydesdales? And light saddle horses like thoroughbreds bred for racing. And I'll give you points if you get two out of three. According to Hippologists, this term comes more from a class conflict between the bourgeoisie and the aristocracy versus anything actually scientific. Year of the Goats. The HBO film Rebound, the legend of Earl the Goat Manigo, is about a street basketball player who is widely considered one of the first people to be bestowed with the nickname The Goat and one of the most marvelous basketball players of all time to not play in the NBA. Which actor and activist who is one of the few black actors to be nominated for an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony played the role of Earl Manigo? And Year of the Monkey. Besides humans, what type of primate is the only free-living species that is found in Europe? There is a large population of them living at the Rock of Gibraltar, and their name, consisting of two words with the second ending in two vowels, is a reference to the Berber people of North Africa and the Portuguese term for monkey.
2: We now have our questions. We're going to think about these answers, and we'll be right back. And we are back with our answers. Time to find out who will be today's cream of the crop.
4: All right. And uh, again, we had five questions from the future. So again, going back to the flux capacitor and Doc Brown, these questions are all dedicated to him. Thank you for your service, sir. With that, we had the year of the dragon. The year of the dragon. So through the end of the 22 baseball season, Dayton Dragons, had 1,441 sellout games. Who did they beat? Which uh, West Coast NBA franchise did they beat that had a, a dude with a sweet ginger beard?
2: For 15 points again.
3: Yeah, thank you for the sweet ginger beard clue. It's what led us there. We thought of Bill Walton, who played for the Trailblazers. We said Portland Trailblazers.
5: Yep, but we wagered 20, and we agree is the Portland Trailblazers.
4: Yep, good good pull on that one. It is definitely the Portland Trailblazers, and... Dame is obviously no longer with them. Yeah, it
5: might be a few more years. (laughs) Might want to tack that out. A few more years.
4: All right. Question number two was the year of the snake, my wife's favorite animal. Uh, Not really. But uh, (laughs) so there's so many colorful nicknames, including two bad boys from Illinois. And, of course, Snake Eyes. It's also mine and
2: Neil's nickname is two bad boys from Illinois.
3: Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: A nickname for one of the other two numbers that you could roll to lose your pass line bet on the come-out roll is a part of transportation. And who, or I mean, unsure if Gertrude Chandler Warner ever played craps and got one of these rolls.
2: All right, well, one of the come-out rolls that you can lose on
4: is 12.
2: uh, So that would be six and six. And we said boxcars.
0: We also said boxcars.
4: Well done, Gertrude Chandler-Warner is the uh, author of The Boxcar Children. So hopefully that was an in for some people as well. All right, question number three, year of the horse. And this sounded like a little bit of a a toughie here. Uh, Sounding like three classes of body heat regulation, what are the three groupings of horse types? Uh, According to hippologists, uh, the term actually comes from Nothing scientific, nothing biologic, but just a class conflict.
2: All right. So we thought hard about this, and we mostly went based off of body heat regulation, and we said uh, sweating is one of the ways you can regulate body heat. So we said sweat, and the other uh, one we said was draft, because I believe draft horses are another name for, like, workhorses.
5: We had no idea, so we stuck with the the class warfare aspect and said the uh, working class— the coastal elites and the, uh, the the impoverished. I don't know. <laughs> They're all horses.
4: <laughs> uh, you would have to check with the band Foreigner for the answer to this one, which is hot-blooded, mm. cold-blooded, mm. and warm-blooded. Huh. So a little bit of a tough one, a little bit of a niche, hip, hippologist niche uh, question there. So, All right. Uh, question number four, Year of the Goat. The HBO film Rebound, The Legend of Earl the Goat, Manigo, is about the original goat. Uh, So Common has a song about him. Uh, Which actor and activist who's one of the nominated, first few black actors to be nominated for the EGOT, played the role of Earl?
3: We we think this is Don Cheadle.
0: That was our guess. Uh, Yeah, we said friend in my head, Don Cheadle.
4: Yep, the uh, Golden Girl slash Golden Palace alum there. Uh, Marvelous basketball player. Uh, I was going to sneak in. He's a DC Marvel actor. Um, DC being his initials, but Mm. that might (laughs) have thrown people off too much. Uh, And then finally, the Year of the Monkey. Besides humans, what type of primate is the only free-living species that is found in Europe, hanging out at the Rock of Gibraltar. And it's a reference to the Berber people of North Africa and the Portuguese term for monkey.
2: Uh, no idea on this one, so we're, we just had to tap. tap a
0: So we took a long train to get here, and we're still not entirely sure. But I'm going to say, besides the squeaks, um, berberi Miko? what so, <laughs> I, I said it like the french uh-huh. m- 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 mccall e- there maybe there's like an eau or something on, on the end there okay Bur- but i think it's like that like ross from friends had
4: oh right yeah so the portuguese term for monkey is the macaca um and the berber people are from the barbary coast so the barbary macaque macaque and that is uh not a reference to anything ah. i've said earlier in this podcast uh, <laughs> uh, it's m-a-c-a-q-u-e so i think you know that's close enough right no i mean no, they went no, no. so. they, they either way so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah that's right they're, they're
3: gonna win either way because uh it looks like team g-man gideon graves is only picking up 15 points bringing their total to 160 which is what jim mandalorian ended the game with but Jamandalorian picking up 20 points, just enough to win the game with 180 points, making them today's cream of the crop.
2: Hey, Jill, are you Carly Simon? Because nobody does it better.
3: <laughs> Great game. Uh, wonderful job, uh, Team Jamandalorian uh, and Jill, for, for carrying Matt there after he was trying to snatch answers away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's Let's just uh, out of here. <laughs> Let's first say thank you to Dave for writing this wonderful game. Uh, so many clues uh, and uh, a great uh, uh, roadmap of different things in your life, which is cool because you've, you've done a lot, which is awesome. But uh, any shout outs, anyone you'd like to say hello to before we let you go today?
4: Yeah, I really got into the whole um, Discord, uh, the crop. They were awesome. Um, and it's really like a bunch of people that hang out in... You know Triviality, and then all of the lesser uh, quiz uh, podcasts there. Uh, so Louie, Johnson, Pete, Bettina, Ian, literally everyone made this quiz like 500 times better than I originally had it. So really appreciate everyone's hard work. Like Johnson, who was just on, uh, him and I had a nice Friday night date just going through all the questions. And uh, really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Um, other than that my wife you know would probably want to say hey support your abortion climate clinics uh you know female reproduction access is very paramount to her life and her cause um so you know support that please in the face of a lot of these political things that we've talked about today um other than that i've got baseball cards that i sell so if you ever need Uh, Any old school baseball cards or or anything new, uh, let me, you know, hit me up. Um, I go by Wild Blue Cards. Um, Other than that, really, really appreciate you guys having me on. Fun to see you guys at SporkleCon. Uh, Hopefully we can uh, do some more trivia going into the future. And hopefully I'll be out in Chicago in November. I don't know if you guys... uh, foot stomp that or not, but um, looking forward to it.
3: You're awesome. Well, yes, thank you so much, Dave, uh, and we'll get we'll get back to you if we need a Rod Crew rookie card uh, at some point in the future. Um, and Jill, thank you so much for for being here, uh, always representing the city, even though it's a hard job. We know that uh, you do a great job at it, so anything that you'd like to shout out or anyone you want to say hello to before we let you go today and see you November 12th? Uh,
0: no, I'd love to uh, give a shout out to the, the great folks I work with at G-Man Tavern. Um, it's rare, I think, in the entertainment business to work with people who are equal parts good at their job, uh, passionate about the work that they do and just nice to be around in general. So, uh, I'm glad that we live in the middle of that Venn diagram and we're super looking forward to making this kind of triviality weekend in November, uh, happen. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I love doing these podcasts, but it's so much fun to do them in real life, uh, in a room full of people. The vibe is is always great. So, yay! I'm happy. Awesome. I'm happy to be here.
2: Yeah, and if you guys plan to go, please buy your tickets ahead of time online. It uh, makes Jill look good. It makes my band look good. It makes triviality look good, and it's good. And for, you save a couple bucks for G Man, and you save a couple bucks. Uh, once again, November tenth, uh, Rocket Miner uh, playing with Underhand and Coyote Man at G Man. And um, November 12th, Triviality Live Game. Uh, and before we go, we want to thank Airwave Media. You can find them at airwavemedia.com. Check out other great podcasts such as Wake Me Up, Investing for Beginners, and the Daily Meditation Podcast. We could all use that, I think. I think we could. And uh, without uh, further ado, that will be our episode. We got to let uh, your upstairs neighbors finish their wrestling match. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, true. We got to go. Uh, thank you again to our guests today uh, for Matt myself and Neil. That was Triviality.